Welcome to Quiz in the Hood, Season 2, Episode 4. If you're a new listener, thank you for joining us. If you're a returning listener, thank you for your support. It means everything. Just a quick shout-out to everyone at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday. It was an amazing atmosphere, a cauldron of noise and energy that we've not heard in quite a while. Definitely transmitted onto the players. And also a shout-out to those who participated in the protest against the recent ticket pricing and also the concessionary ticket availability. If you want to get involved in that, you can go over to the Tottenham Hotspur Trust Twitter and you can see what the next planned protests are at the next home game. Anyway, back to the football stuff. Don't want to get carried away. Those boys can play, innit? Yeah. It's what, bizarre. What, what do you reckon, Rav? Am I getting too excited or...? I mean, if it, I'm right I'm right where you are, mate. I'm, I'm really excited. So, it, I think what it is is because... Because a lot of the players that are playing well are players that have been there f- for a while, like a year or so, but they weren't really used. I feel like that—that's what's giving me optimism. Because, yeah, we, we like we saw Basuma at Brighton. We saw we haven't seen a lot of Saar, but we were impressed with him at Milan last year. Uh, I mean, the new boys are settling in well, but it's just—it's just good to see us pass the ball around and, and be confident and. I'm I'm getting a bit carried away because we got we got one game a week as well, man. Like, it, how, how much are you getting? How, when you say you're getting carried away, what what kind of thoughts are you having? Like, are you having impure thoughts? I think so, man. I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe top four, maybe a league. Is that, <laughs> is that too early to go? Too early um, to go. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to shoot on any, everyone's buzzing, man. I don't want to shoot on anybody's vibe, yeah. man. But um, Bonesy, what what what's your feeling, man? There's some there's some sexy football going on. Like, I don't know. Like, is it just early? fucking Angie bounce new manager stuff that we've seen in the past or is this is there a reason to get a bit excited well with all the positivity I was going to say hold my beer but um, it is all it is positive Um, yeah I think it's proceed with caution um, for yeah it was a great performance and we looked good some of the football we played was well it's some of the best stuff we've seen for a long long time Atmosphere was great. The fans, everyone seemed up for it. The players, they looked like they were enjoying their football. They looked like they wanted to play the attacking, possession-based football. Um, <laughs> on a slight um, downer, on a slight downer, um, they did have some like chances that were like they've got a score. They've like. Do you know what I mean? And we could have easily found ourselves a couple of goals down if they if their finish finishing was a bit better. And I felt we just we got opened up a little bit easy at the back at times. I mean, I think they had twenty two shots on on goal. United, um, and full being a, a massive win, great result, positive um, energy from the result. Um, yeah. A team like City, or dare I say, fucking scum, 
they would have punished us in some of them situations. But nah, good start. Well, as always, Bonesy, you have brought us all crashing back down to earth with the with, <laughs> with, your, with that reality you. check. <laughs> with that reality check you just delivered. Um, thanks for that. And on that note, while I while I I should have done it earlier, I will introduce. We have Bones and we have Ravi today. Yeah, just coming back to that, Bones. You've you've kind of gone in glass half full a bit there. I mean, but I, I don't want to I don't want to detract from what you're saying because what you're saying is correct. But I think we'll get to the the negatives. And there were some. We'll get to them a little bit later. on. I just want to fix fixate on the positives. And then we, then you can drag us down to your level a bit later. <laughs> That's all right. It's too early to get dragged back down to that level. Um, it's what I'm here for. It is. Maybe, maybe I should have. Yeah, I should have known better. Look, there's there's a lot of positive performances there. A lot of young players. It was hard to pull out a, a, a man of the match between Basuma and and Saar for me. I thought both of them were just. They just they just bossed it in in whatever they're being told to do they did it right I don't think they did too much wrong that I can remember either of them there no. were some there were some mistakes here and there um, the first half it was yeah you can say May United edged it they had a couple of chances Fernandez Harry's missed that fucking header only he knows that and I mean after the game I think he came out and said he thought he was offside penalty shout maybe I don't know I mean I I think the referee got it right there but obviously we're I think. Everyone's going to say that, you know, we're all a bit biased. If it was up the other end, a lot like last week's one, we would have been screaming for it. Do you know what I mean? What's your take on 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 that? Then, what's your take on the penalty, Rav? I uh, yeah, I don't see how that that can be a penalty. I, the rules have changed a couple of times, so I don't. I'm never quite sure what the rule is anymore. Um, but he's kind of yeah, he, he's not stuck his arm out deliberately. It's kind of in a natural position for that movement that he was in. I, I don't think it was a penalty. And, and the way that people were moaning about it um, on social media today, like it should have been a Stonewall penalty. I kind of think we, we had a shout of a, we had a better shout of a penalty than they did when uh, Martinez took out Romero. Um, I thought that was more of a penalty. Uh, yeah, I, I think the ref got it right, to be honest, to be fair to him. I think the referee got it right on both of them occasions, to be honest. I think that would have been a soft penalty to get. Obviously, I, I fancied it, but as soon as I saw it and just it just didn't... It wasn't enough in it for me. It was a bit of a coming together. No one really had control of the ball. And, yeah, it's... Yeah, some someone's always going to come off worse if, if they're both yeah. going in 50-50. Just on that note, yeah. When you... I mean, I don't know whether you watch Match of the Day or you see any, other, any of the other football over the weekend. When you compare our shout against fucking Liverpool's penalty that was given, ours was more of a penalty than theirs. Yeah, like, definitely. Theirs was prime Salah back in the day. Like, he's fucking hardly touched him at all and he's just, do you know what I mean, fallen over, thrown himself over. And if that's if that's a penalty, then our one was because Mayboy stepped across him and he's clearly caught him. He hasn't made contact with a ball. If he'd have made contact with a ball, then you go, yeah, fair enough. It was a coming together, but he has deliberately stepped across him. That's my take on that. Do you know what? Do you know what I loved about this game the most? Because I watched it on the television. I think same as you guys. Um, the, the atmosphere sounded class, right? It was it was a proper cauldron, as I said earlier, and, and it was just a, it was it was a proper like pit of energy that you, that was emitting through the TV and I was just thinking like I'd love to be there today to be a part of that but the best part of it all was 
it's it's the confidence that Gary Neville and even Roy Keane had before the game, and there was a couple of other um, ex-Man United players slash pundit TV personalities that were were quite confident that they were going to come and roll us over. And you, the, the the way Gary Neville's kind of voice changed from like quite professional commentator pundit. You know, and he, he is good at what he does. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and dig him out on on that. But as as the game wore on, and you could see in the second half that Spurs came out a different beast. I mean, they they weren't they weren't we weren't terrible in the first half, but the second half, whatever Andrew said at half time, it got into him, and they came out and they they went after United. And you could hear Neville's voice getting higher and higher and higher. And everyone, by the end of it, it was <laughs> at the end of it, he just went into full Neville meltdown, and everything was at this moment in time, Manchester United, Manchester United, and it was just plenty of that and it was lovely to him squirm and, but it, it comes at a price whenever Man United lose the only thing you're going to hear about is Man United it doesn't matter yeah. how well the other team played yeah. you might you might get a few bits you know J- Jamie Redknapp did a, did well to kind of make sure we got our due but yeah Neville squirming and you know before the season started he was well confident that Man United were going to be in the mix at the top end of the table they look shit they do they look some of their big name players I mean, is Anthony a, a big name player? They paid a lot of money for him, so but he looked he, he looked, looked bang, bang average. So that that was a that was one of the high, highlights of the game for me. Just just hearing Neville squirm that early in the season, just and Roy Keane just writing off Man United. He's written off Man United now. Like after the, after that game, it's 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 lovely to it's lovely to see. Um, what were your what were your highlights, Rev? What were your your um, hot, hot takes? Um, well, I mean. I mean, firstly, like surely Sky can't put Keane and Neville on the, the same game because that—that's all it was. It was poor United. They need to invest. They need to spend money. And yeah, I didn't really hear, hear a lot of, like, apart from Redknapp, as you said, a, a lot of kudos for us, which I think we we probably deserve. Like we're not we're not like a we're not like a Luton beating United, man. Like we're we're a big six side, and we pro- we probably deserve to be talked about in a in a in a better way than I think we are sometimes, but, um, but, but then, from the game itself, they're not, in, they're, not they're not, they're not, especially in a, if they lose, then they're, they're not impartial reporting or correspondence. It's they're, they're sick as a parrot. Like when, when um, a few of the players went over and spoke about, uh, I think uh, Angie came over, I think Son came over to the, the pundits area after the game and they were talking. And I think Andrews Townsend was, you know, bigging us up and talking about how impressed he was. Like, Roy King didn't even want to speak. And like, how can you? How, did, can, did how can how can he have a contract as a pundit where his job is to actually his job is to give his opinion, yeah. and it's just uh, May United and the new Spurs, and that, that that was pretty much all he offered. They were they were a dis- disgrace, despicable. That's you know he was going that's their job and that's you know that's his little calling card. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't want to spend too much yeah. time talking about them, but just no, yeah. it, it's it's crazy that they're they're pundits and they're contracted to deliver. Uh, their opinions, and you know they, they shouldn't be talking. They shouldn't be anywhere near Man United game, should they? No, but just just because we don't want to talk about it for too too long, as you said. But like quickly, I noticed like ne- when they started losing, Neville was getting in dig saying Vicario was you know he made a, he made us wonder say, but he made it look harder than it actually was, and Beast in Porro and shit like that. And it's like you're only saying that because you're pissed off that your team's losing. Like you're not being professional, you're you're just taking snipes at Spurs players. But you might um, as well just tu- you might as well just turn the volume yeah. off and listen to Mark Goldbridge. It, it's the same yeah. kind of it's the same kind of level of biasness <laughs> yeah. that you're going to get. It, it, it is. Yeah. But yeah. Let's let's move on yeah. from um, Manchester but, um, United. But yeah, speaking speaking of the keeper, um, 
much much better I, I actually am surprised at how how he kind of grew into the game and he looked very confident I think he got about 95% pass accuracy or something which which is what we've lacked for years with with unfortunately Hugo not being able to pass the ball and uh, yeah Dogi again impressive amazing I thought he was he got he got booked I don't think he should have got booked but other than that, I think he had quite a flawless game, and he looks like he's been playing for us for years. He's mature beyond uh, his beyond his years, isn't he? Absolutely, Dougie. yeah. And I, I actually thought um, Poro, yeah, never was getting onto Poro, but I thought Poro actually recovered quite well after a few early sort of jitters. I actually thought he looked quite good. But yeah, they're, they're, the defense really impressed me, to be honest. That's where, because obviously that's been our problem for the last couple of years, and Van de Ven looks also looks mature beyond his years. So yeah, I think. I think my my hot take is our defence actually looks like it can play football, but also do, do the defending defensive side as well. I think Angie gives him that confidence. He's saying that I want you to take risks, and you know it, sometimes it's not going to come off, but you need to play with that that belief in that put the f- ball forward, and, and you're willing to take the risk. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, you're, yeah. you're, I'm, I'll be the safety net. I'm telling you to do this. You go and do it, and. And let the belief build with with the success that's going to come with it. Bonesy, what were your what were your, what were your hot takes? I think for yeah, man of the match, yeah, Basuma Saw, like I think I said when we um, Saw got a couple of games last year. I was like, he's going to be a proper player. He's athletic. He's good on the ball and he's positive on the ball as well. Um, I think yeah, I think the only reason Basuma. Slightly edges the man of the matches because he played more of the game and Saar came off. I think it was after seventy-five minutes. Um, both very yeah, great performances. Young central midfielders who yeah bossed Fernandez, bossed their midfield, and like pretty much for two thirds of the game, run the game. Do you know what I mean? I mean the confidence of Basuma is something else. Like. It's there. There are shades of um, Dembele there, like the way he just drops the shoulder. He's he's so confident on the ball, and he can just go from left to right. It doesn't matter if he's got someone pressing him. He's supremely confident in his ability to keep hold of the ball. That yeah, we've we've missed that for since Musa left. How how has Conte not got him in that side over the last season and a half? I think, I mean, I, I think my, I sort of guess that like, because cause Basuma seems like he plays on instinct and some of the some of the dribbles and the situations he gets himself out of are like purely instinctual and Conte just likes robots in midfield. Like, just do what I say, be where I tell you to be. Uh, because I think Conte said he's struggling, he's struggling with the defensive side or the tactical side. And yeah, I think I think he got to a stage where Conte was like, probably I I didn't ask for this kind of midfielder. I'm not playing him. It probably got to that sort of stage because you know what Conte's like and the stubborn man. And yeah, he's, he's probably shot himself in the foot if he wanted any success of us because he looks like a he looks like a moron now. Did did anyone really get Conte's tactics though? Because I didn't. But yeah, Vicario. He yeah, he was he had a great game. He made some great saves. Uh, I think Neville was a little bit harsh on him, as you said. So we got Bentacore coming back apparently in less than a month, according to some of the reports today. I think it was in the Standard. Um, Dan Kilpatrick or someone mentioned it. Um, so he could be making a comeback within the next 
month or so. Where, do, where does he fit into this midfield if he does fit in? And, and what, what does he bring? And you know, how excited should we be? Because he was our best midfielder last season. So what, what, what do you think we can, we can expect if we can, we can get him into that midfield, Rev? I mean, to be honest, I like the idea that he's going to have to win his place back because obviously after his injury, he might be, he might not be the same player. So we have to kind of bear that in mind. But we also now don't have to rush him. And I like the idea because I think he's going to be... I think Basuma is going to stay where he is in, as defensive midfielder. And I think it'll be Saar and Bentacor fighting for that other spot. And I think Skip will be covered for Basuma, hopefully. And yeah, I just think we've got depth now. Some, somewhere we didn't have any depth really last year in sort of in terms of like a sort of number, number eight midfielder. We now have two good options and I think a base if 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 Bentacor comes back as the same player he was then he's gonna take the shirt. But I like I like the idea of Saar learning from him and coming in and, and playing some important minutes as well. So I do think if yeah Bentacor's back he'll be he'll be the main man I think. And that that's exciting because he he's probably gonna be good at, at Angeball. I do, I have a feeling yeah, Jamie Redknapp said uh, after the game, he was t- he was talking about Benacorn and saying that when he comes back, you know, it's going to lift this midfield again. Um, and he said he he said he rates him as one of the best midfielders in the world. I mean, that was quite high praise, I thought. I mean, he's a good player. Yeah. I, I think he's captain for his country. But yeah, calling him out as one of the best midfielders in the world is is high praise. And you know what? Like he was he was unbelievably good for us last season before he was getting injured. He was chipping in with goals, and you know he was doing a bit of everything. Our season fell apart when he got injured. Yeah, yeah, it did. It was no coincidence that it massively veered off when he um, when he got injured. I just want to come to it because I'm quite excited about like the atmosphere and everything in the stadium, and everybody was singing Angie's name. There's some cool songs doing the rounds. That one from the Voice of Spurs with that video from uh, Tottenham Spurs. I shared it on the yeah. Boys and Earth page as well. Got to thank you for both of them for sharing it as well, um, which was nice. So, yeah. Angie says he's not comfortable with the kind of like singing his name and you know all that kind of fanfare that's coming at the moment with the excitement of the way we're playing. But I don't, I don't. I'm sure he does know. But you know we've been starved of um, like this type of football, and you know I, I dare I say it, you know swashbuckling football uh, at times. We've been starved of this for a fucking long time. Do you know what I mean? And you know that's. I don't know whether he kind of understands where it's where you know everybody is properly excited to see Spurs play good football again, and he, even if it comes with a with, with a price of shipping some goals here and there, and you know what you know, I don't think any of us called two nil when we predicted the scoreline last week. I don't think any of any of us predicted we'd get we'd get a clean sheet. As Luke said earlier, on another day we probably wouldn't have done. But yeah, like, what do you make of like? Um, the atmosphere, like it's a massive contrast to, to what was going on last year, isn't it? Especially towards the end of the end of the season, where there was quite a lot of toxicity in the stadium. Bones, what, what's your feeling around? You've seen the videos. You must have seen all the stuff on social media. Like, how does that make you feel about how you view Spurs at the moment? Going from yeah, Angie's point of view, yeah, I'd imagine that the reason he doesn't feel comfortable because he's only been in the door five minutes, and I think he. It is a lot to do with what you've just said about the fact that we've had this very sort of defensive-minded, tactical, boring, unattractive football for like three, four years. So this new style 
that's exciting. We're straight on, yeah, praising the manager. Um, I think for him, it probably he's probably like he's just edging on the the side of caution, where it's like, well, yeah, let's not run uh, run before we can walk because there are going to be some downs coming up, no doubt, because we're still trying to implement his system, still getting used to it. Um, so I think he's just edging on the side of caution, but it's always better to have the fans with you enjoying watching a game because it makes it e- it makes it easier for them to be vocal with it if they're enjoying the game. How much of it do you think is is just is is that new manager bounce, and how much of it do you think is? Yeah, it could be that. It could be that because we had. I mean, after when Nuno took over and we beat fucking City one nil. Do you know what I mean? The place was rocking on the opening day of the season. Do you know what I mean? So it might be a little bit of that. This feels this feels a little bit different than that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. There's there's there's, it there's, does. there's something else going on here that that's you can feel it. It is tangible. Like going, coming back to Basuma, like I don't I don't I can't get my head round. Conte didn't didn't fancy him, you know, and and Conte was was vocal about you know players that he wanted and players that were club signings and. This this guy like he looks like world class to me like and I, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not just getting carried carried away there. There's there's not many Premier League midfielders that can do what he was doing in the last couple of games. And he's just like like you say he's he's kind of in the moment the way he plays, isn't it? He he reacts to what is happening in that moment, and it's probably quite a lot of it is instinctual as as Mr. Dembele was. But he, he deals with it, and and you can see that no one really wants to go near him. Because they, I mean, for want of giving away a free kick or getting mugged off, because he's just going to glide past them or, or just drop the shoulder and, and, and breeze past them. But we've we've got a, a bargain there, haven't we? Like I think we paid twenty five yeah. million for him, twenty five million yeah. pounds. I mean, I don't yeah. know, I don't know how that was kind of negotiated or what the terms were or what he had on his contract previously. But like, I'm I'm excited there. I mean, you know that that's that's a proper ball and one we've been missing. And you and you throw Madison into the mix, and we'll talk about Madison as well. He again, Madison. What a, what what a player he is as mm. well. Like he just he just he's he's able to he makes the right decisions as well, doesn't he? Like Madison. Yeah. You know he's yeah. He, he's kind of he, he is press resistant as well. You know, Basuma's a press resistant player, but he always seems to make the right pass, Madison as well. What was your, what was your feelings on Madison, um, Rev? Uh, yeah, I so I was thinking back to when we were linked with him last year, and I think I think we were all a bit lukewarm on him and. I could, I guess I don't know. I, I watched Leicester quite a bit, and he 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 did he did look good. But from what uh, it has been two games and the preseason friendlies, but from what I've seen of him so far, he's he's probably what we've been missing since Ericsson left. And it is it is it's just it's you can give him the ball, he's going to make the right decision. He's not going to pass it to the opposition. He's going to he's he's able to dribble. Better than I thought he could. He, he sort of moves away from from the defender pretty well, and then yeah, his passing's amazing. And I, I just think it, we're so we're so we, we were so close. Again, we'll probably talk about this later. But if we just had a focal point for him to work off, I think we we have a very good good team there. And I think yeah, Madison he he surprised me because yeah, again I, I just. I didn't know what he was about, I guess, and and he's really shown me how good he can be. Yeah, he wants to he wants to be involved in the you know the attack. He wants to, he wants to be the assister, but he 
he was dropping deep and collecting the ball as well. He was sometimes, you know, as deep as Basuma was, where he was picking the ball up and he wants to be involved in getting the ball forward and into the into the attacking players as quick as possible. Um, That's what I was going to say. Did you hear what um, Ange said uh, about him coming into the club with no baggage and and just taking to it like a like in a really fresh a fresh way that he wants to be here, he wants to win stuff for us. I thought that was quite interesting. And the fact that he's vice-captain as well after being here for, you know, a month or two, I think we've needed that. Like, that that marquee signing type thing I keep talking about, I think you need it for that sort of attitude shift, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at uh, them up the road, they've signed Declan Rice for £105 million. Surely we've, that is the bargain of the summer again. Um, you know, we're yeah. talking about Basuma being 25 million, Madison for 40 million. It just seems like we've had it. We've had, a, had another touch. We, we we give Levy a lot of stick for not wanting to put his hand in his pocket, but he's 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 pulled out some some quality over the years for for quite dare I say it, bargain bargain basement prices. I mean, 40 million is, isn't a drop in the ocean. We know that, but in terms of a player of Madison's quality and and then for Basuma's quality for 25 million, you know, we've done some good business there. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I think if, I mean, when you think of our Madison for 40 million, they actually, as part of the deal, they were separate deals, but we shipped out a player to Leicester for 10 million in exchange. So Levy's looking at, yeah, I've a net spend of 30 million for James Madison. And I've got yeah. a player off the books that I was looking to get rid of as well. Yeah, he probably weren't worth 10 million either. Uh, Harry nah. Ranks, to be fair to him, um, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was. I don't, I, I don't. I wasn't watching him when he was at Sampdoria. I know, I know they got relegated though. Um, but yeah, coming up to, I mean, you touched on it just there. We're uh, talking about, you know, um, Madison having someone to hit, hit the ball at. Um, we'll talk about it a bit more in the second half. The front three again, um, quite a bit of a talking point on social media. Son Kulusevski had had better games. Kulusevski got an assist. Son was. Involved in quite a bit in the build-up on the left-hand side, but Richie seems to be dividing opinion quite a bit at the moment, and that's fair. You know, he's that's fair. He's not had two great games, but um, just before we go into the second half, I just want to get your kind of your, your feeling on Richarlison and what what you think is the best outcome at the moment. I come to you, Bones. Um, I think we've got to persist and stick with him. We can go into the ins and outs of it, but Harry Kane in August, notably, didn't score for many, many seasons. Richie didn't play a lot last year, up top. Um, and I think it's unfair if people get on his back for a couple of games in a new position, in a new system, where he is being told to stay up top against the centre-halves, so they know where he is. He's being told to occupy and chase down them centre-halves. So I think it's, yeah, I think it, all I say, yeah, I think it'd be a little bit unfair for people to judge him purely on two games. I don't I don't think there was a, an abundance of balls, like decent balls going into the box, whether it be a like diagonal across the floor, crosses, cutting back, or like, you know, just balls getting whipped in early, unsettling the defence. I don't remember a lot of that going on. I, you know, I, I, I bang the drum all the time about um, the wingers, the wide players 
crossing the ball early. Like, you know, you see how Liverpool do it over the years under Klopp. They, they cross from, like, the fucking halfway line sometimes. But it unsettles defenders, and I don't, I don't see us doing that. And you know what? We might, we might not do that. It might not be part of Angie's um, game plan, which is fine. But I just, I, I don't see the point in just waiting for a defence to get set and then just nipping a ball over. You watch the difference when, and this is not me, this is not me saying Perisic needs to start. But you watch the difference when Perisic comes on and and what he's doing to try and get the ball in as early as possible. I just feel like with some decent service and a bit more understanding between the players that are going to be playing week in, week out, and that's going to be the f- probably the front three that we're, we're looking at, plus Madison in behind. It, you know, I have no doubt that he's, it, yeah, he's, he's not going to score 30 goals a season. He's not going to be Harry Kane. I mean, I, and it hopefully he proves me wrong. But he might get, you know, he might get 12, 14 goals in a season. And But if it's shared between the front three and Madison, and you've only got to look at, that the goals we've scored, we've scored four goals and none of them have been from any of the front three. <laughs> yeah. So you've only got to look at that in itself that, you know, there's going to be goals being distributed around the team. So everyone's mm. going to be, everyone's going to be contributing there. And I think that's part of, I think it's part of what Angie wants. He wants everybody. I think Skip said it. I think Papa Sars said it. He wants his, he wants his number eights to dive into the box. He wants, he wants them running in, overloading when the balls are going into the box. So it's only a matter of time before he starts dropping goals. And it's a shame that, you know, the deliveries ain't, the delivery isn't there. And and it's kind of, it's not, he's not able to showcase what he can do, but, you know, I I was having a discussion today on um, Instagram and someone kind of called me out for me saying, look, he needs to just get, get better service, work on, work on his movement in the box time his runs a bit better, just be a bit more aware. And, you know, I got called out for saying, you know, he's 27 years old. He's, he's the seventh season in the Premier League. And, you know, why why now does he, why why, why would he have to develop his game now? He's, he's, he's old enough. He's been around long enough that he should be able to do that. And that's, that's all fair. That's all fair comments. And, you know, I agree with that. But he hasn't been doing it for Spurs. He hasn't been playing his yeah. number nine for Spurs. And the minutes that he has got have been, you know, scattered over a season between... You know, deputising for Harry Kane on the odd occasion, and injury. So yeah. you could argue, you know, you know, for Brazil he does it and he does it well. And you could argue that the season that Everton, um, his last season at Everton, his his goals and his contributions in that game pretty much single-handedly kept them in the Premier League. So yeah. we just got to try and harness that and. Yeah, he's never going to be Harry Kane, and you know what? We probably do need to sign a striker, and hopefully we do. But I don't. I don't think we need. We need to be going balls in for eighty million pounds on a on a crazy signing. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know who we're being linked with now. I don't, I, that it's all got a bit cold with that gift Orban, hasn't it? I don't know if there's any more talk yeah. about him. But as long as it ain't Lukaku, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. I. I think. I think we do need a, if if that Belize isn't going to play, then we do need we do need another striker, and, and Orban's young and fits the profile. But whether it's him or not, like part of the problem, I think is I think we might have to start, and I think it might happen over the season that we have to we have to make sign a striker because I think I think Richie they're they're both like they're both similar kind of goal goal scorers. I think where. 
where where they want the ball. They they don't dribble. They don't create. Like they don't cross. They just kind of want to get in the box and and finish. And I think Son will play wherever you tell him to play because he's he's that good a guy. But I do think at the end of the game when Richie came off and Perisic came on, I think it was quite telling that Perisic was the winger and Son went into Son went into the middle. Yeah, because I don't I don't think that, 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 that like it's no they're not going to create for each other basically is my point. And I think that's going to be an issue going forward. I don't think you can have both of them on the pitch, like because, again, like so, I remember when Son had a few chances where he just dribbled, cut inside into the box, and he he, he shot. And I think Rich, Richie was kind of like, um, yeah, like he just couldn't. He, they just got in each other's way, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And I, I do think that that could be a problem going forward. All right, well, we'll talk a bit more about the Richie thing and potential uh, signings that we can get to, you know, push him and hopefully compete for that place in the second half of the pod. And I'll see you guys in a bit. North London is ours. Welcome back to part two of season two, episode four of Coins in the Hood. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about Richarlison. I've just pulled up this... Um, Basically, his, his response to like the criticism that he he's been getting um, in the fact that he hasn't been scoring um, during the training, I've been scoring goals. I think it's a matter of time for the goals. I think the fans have to be a little patient. It's not easy to replace an idol like Harry Kane, like it or not. A match in which I don't score a goal, they're going to miss him. He is a guy who scored more than two hundred goals for the club. It is taking that as an example and trying to score as many goals as possible in a Tottenham shirt. For sure, that is why Tottenham paid dearly for me. That is why they put me here. Now it's up to me. I have a job to do. I know my responsibility. And then they asked him about like why he was you know, throwing a bit of a tantrum when he got substituted. It was more with myself because I didn't get any ball there to shoot. I have to receive the ball. I have to be close to the goal. I didn't receive any ball there. So I was more upset about that. It wasn't for the substitution or anything. So he knows. He knows he's under a bit of pressure. Um, he's got some huge shoes to fill. I don't. I don't feel like he, he necessarily has to fill Harry Kane's boots. I don't think that's his. That any, anyone we get in, it's unrealistic to expect that from any forward, regardless of how much money we've spent on them or how much experience they've got as a as a established number nine. Harry Kane was was Mr. Tottenham for the best part of a decade. So. What what are your expectations for for Richarlison this year, Bonesy? What would you what would you say is a good return? I mean, off what you've just said on his sort of statement and his comments on the game, I have him right. Like he wasn't getting the ball. Um, it is going to take time. But with with most things, he's he's new in that position. He's new in that responsibility. He's new in that um, system. Everything's new, so it's going to take a while to adjust. Um, everything, the rest of the team looked quite cohesive, and he looked like he was a little bit disjointed from the rest of the team, like he was up there on his own and wasn't really involved as much. So, yeah, he wasn't getting the ball. Um, I think, yeah, we do need to give him patience and time, and I think a goal will settle him. I mean, I looked up the stats, his goal-scoring record, um, and what well, I think he's played 44 games for Brazil, 
and he's got 20 goals and eight assists, which ain't a bad return. And at his time at Everton, 152 games, 53 goals and 14 assists. So he's most not going to... Most of which he wasn't playing as a centre-forward, though, because he would have been wide, wide out on the left because Calvert-Lewin is their preferred striker. Yeah, and obviously Everton, for most of his time there, they were fighting off relegation. Um, so, yeah, he's not going to be a Harry Kane. And I think if people need to get that out of, it, out of his head, and as you picked up earlier on, um, hopefully we'll see the goals spread about the team a bit more. Um, but, yeah, I just think we've got to give him time. It's unfair to judge him on, like, two games. Like, do you know what I mean? No, that's kind of where I am. I, I, I just want to give him a chance. I think that mm. there's, there's such positivity inside the stadium at the moment. And as I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the pod, you know, there's protests and there's a lot of stuff off the off the field that needs to be addressed in, in regards to the ticketing and the concessionary stuff. The, the positivity in, inside the stadium is good, and there seems to be a good vibe at the moment. So when I'm here, when I'm reading quite a bit of negativity about. And, you know, some people were just saying that we need to sign a striker. Other people were saying he's shit. I don't know why we've signed him. And I, and I think that's a bit harsh. I do think that's a bit harsh. Just to add on that, I mean, in terms of him playing, and I take, yeah, I take what Rav said about switching, switching him up with some. I think he's trying a little bit too hard. He's a bit disjointed from the rest of the team. So against Bournemouth, I'd play exactly the same type, exactly the same team. Have him up top, and then what I might do for the cup game against Bournemouth, I might drop him to the bench. Is that a cup Sun- game? That's a league game. Fulham's um, a cup game. No, yeah, no, sorry. Same team against Bournemouth. Start him up top to show that we have faith in him and he's our main man. But in the cup game against Fulham, I'd drop him to the bench, play Sun up front with Solomon and bring him on with sort of half an hour hour to go when the game is a bit stretched, when he's been sat on the sidelines watching it, hopefully evaluating it and hopefully when the players are a bit Jumping more leggy there's a bit more room. Yeah. I think he's just got I think he's just got to get up to the pace of the way we play and the game itself. He looks just a little bit disjointed, but hopefully that will come. How do you feel, Rabbi? Uh, do, you, do, you, do you think he's he needs to be given, at the very least, until Christmas to get you know a proper run, a run and a proper crack at it? Yeah, I mean, I do, I do think there is a part of me that thinks we can't... The good vibe is great, but in, in previous times... When we've had a good vibe, we've we've taken that to not improve. I think we we do need to get another striker. If um, if you know, it, like Villiers isn't going to play as Ange said, but I do think that yeah, he's got to have a run in the team. Like these things take time to click, and you got to think, Kulu and Son are used to playing with Kane. They haven't played with him up front. He's not. He's been sort of shifted out to the wing to kind of accommodate Harry Kane last year. And he kind of barely played there, so he, he's got to have till Christmas. And I am—I'm going to be honest—I'm probably a bit skeptical of him. Uh, I kind of didn't want him at the time, but I, I can't fault his attitude. Like I think he's going to try his best. Your, your and... unpopular opinion on last season's uh, episode where we did the unpopular opinions—you said you thought Richarlison was shit. 
I did. I, I mean, yeah, I've got to kind of stand by <laughs> you it. You did yeah. say it. Yeah. I just, I never, I've never watched him and thought, oh, wow, what a striker. I don't know. I don't know what happens for Brazil where he looks, he looks amazing. I think it might be the players around him. I'm not sure. Um, but you know what? I, I, I did, he is shit, like, in my opinion. Um, That's deep. But he, he's got, it is deep, but he's got to prove me wrong and I, I'd want him to. And his attitude is, his attitude is, you can't fault it. He's going to keep trying. And that that might come good for us anyway. Like, if, if he's occupying a defender and Son can get in more, that's what we need. Like, as you said, we need to share the goals around as well. That's quite important. So I mean, you, you'd be all for, sorry, sorry, you'd be all for bringing in another striker. Like, what, how hard would you go on that, on that striker search? Would you be looking to throw quite a bit of our remaining budget at it or just try and bring in Gift Orban for what he, they're looking at 25 million is what was touted last week, whether that's a load of shit or, or whether there's any truth in it, I don't know. Yeah, um, I think, uh, I think an Orban type, young, young but not as young as Valiz, and just maybe different. Like in terms of the Orban, for example, looks pacey and looks like he can run off the shoulder. We need a bit of that. Whereas I don't, I don't really know what Richie's strengths are, but just maybe something different for a di- for different option. Like I do think, yeah, we need another striker. Like I, I think you just want to give the think, you just want to give the opposition uh, opposition opposition defense something to think about. Something to be yeah. concerned about. You want them to, to get involved with the, the, the defenders, so they're they're watching the game and they're thinking about the positioning. But they're also like, hold on a minute, I can't take my eyes off of this guy because he's a handful. You want that guy because you give you give him an inch and 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 they take a yard. That's that's what Harry Kane was. You know, what I mean, if you give him a sniff, he's he's going to score. And Richie isn't that. I and I I will wholeheartedly admit that he isn't that striker. You could yeah. give it. You could give him. You could give him a couple of yards, and and he still might not get that. You know. That, that got that opportunity off but what about you Luke where do you, where, how far would you, I mean you want to give uh, Richarlison a chance but would, would you like to see another striker brought in before before the uh, end of next um, week it's an odd one because if we do bring another striker in that might dent the dent his confidence that's him done um, it? if we went out and got a Flahovic or someone like that hmm. that Richie knows he's, he's not getting into that team we're playing once a week. We're not in Europe. Richie's looking and thinking, I ain't going to get much football this year. Yeah. I think Andrew's whole thing is fighting for it. And like, if Richie, if Richie does have the mentality that he appears to, because he did come in behind Harry Kane, remember? So he did back himself. That shouldn't be a problem. He like, It should make Richie work harder. And if he is scoring the goals in training, then it, I don't think competition's key. I think, I do think, and that, and that's, I, a, I, I, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Sorry to cut in there, but the point you made, I just want to expand on that. He came in on a season where Son was top goal scorer, Harry Kane was always going to be Harry Kane, and Kulu had a very, very good end yeah. to the season as well. And he backed himself to come in. All right, you know, it's a it's a big move for him. He's he's already Brazil's number nine. You know, he's got nothing to prove in in that sense, in a, on an international level. But he said, no, no, I'm going to come and I'm going to I'm going to make my mark on this team. Perhaps he knew that Harry Kane was going to go. Apparently, there was maybe there was talks before. That, you know, he was. You know, you're going to be his understudy for a season, and then you're going to come in, and it's going to be it's going to be you. We, I don't know. None of us know what, what was. I mean, discussed. I mean, just on the positives of this Richie situation is he plays for Brazil as their main man. 
he's got roughly one in one goal in every two games in a very like Brazil. They don't play defensive football. They play very attacking football. So he knows how to play with a team that keeps the ball. I think what might be hampering him a little bit at the moment is we're still finding our feet. And at times in the transition, we're quite slow in our build-up play. We let the teams get set. And then it's it's fine margins trying to slip a ball through. And I think once the team gets further up to speed and we look to turn defence into attack and look to get on the front foot a bit quicker, that'll open up a bit of space for him. And also, Bentoncourt, who, when he comes back, he's ideal at doing that. He loves to break the lines, carry the ball forward very, very quickly. So I think once the games open up, a little bit and give him a bit more space where he there's space in behind and defenders aren't set it might suit him it's just hopefully we can find that sort of balance I think we have to give give him his props as well in that both we've, we've had a hard start to the season like both teams we've played have been you know good sides you know yeah Don't want to, we, we sit here and say Man United are shit they're a good side they've got plenty of quality players and depth Brentford are no mugs. You know, they play decent football. They've got a settled squad. They've got players that can can hurt you. They like to play on the, the counter-attack. Man United sat deep in that game. They knew how we were going to set up and they and they sat deep and they looked to play on the counter. Balls over the top. And they're, they're sitting, you know, any time... There was times in that game where Man United had every player inside their own half. So... Yeah. Richarlison's up against like five, six players yeah. at times. You know what I mean? When he's receiving the ball with his back to goal, which is probably what he's being told to do because, you know, there's no space to run into in behind because the, they're playing so deep. It's it's crowded. And you can see some of the intricate passing that we did in the second half when we was on top of him. It was beautiful to watch, but it was so congested. And Man United was so scared to just even... There was a run where Son kind of cut in and he, did, he, he nearly got his shot off and I think Luke Shaw um, put a block in but it was so intricate in there do you know what I mean and I think Richarlison was crying out for it he had a bit of space and he was like what the fuck man you yeah. could just rolled it into me and I could have just I could have just levered it you know we don't know whether he would have put it in or not but do you know what I mean it's in that, them moments they're not looking they wasn't looking for him I would I would also add to that a little bit that he, he has been massively injured hasn't he like um, he missed he missed one of the games uh, in pre-season, I think it was a Shakhtar game because he was injured. He's kind of come in. He has he he hasn't looked the sharpest. Like when I saw him for Everton, he looked sharp, and then he does look currently. Like I think there was one chance that where the ball fell to him in the box, and he just didn't. He kind of just went there and couldn't just couldn't get get to it to shoot. So maybe he just needs a bit of fitness as well. It's only doors. It's only doors. I mean, just to, yeah, just to quickly add on that. Um, and add on what you were saying, Mark, the the movements that we made in the final third, like for the whole game, Richie's being asked, stick up top, you occupy the defenders, you keep them busy, like huffing and puffing, putting them under pressure. But the whole time he's playing with pretty much his back to goal. All the movements that we made and all the through balls come from either Bissouma, Adogi, Sun, a given go breaking the lines rather than them being just stood up with their back to goal. It was all about the movement. But he, at the moment, he's being told he's the main man. He's the furthest guy forward. He's got to occupy those positions. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, 
We beat Man U 2-0 at home, which we haven't done in the new stadium, I don't think. We've got no. four points out of three games, um, four points out of two games. We're still like, in the we FA lose, Cup. We're still in the League still Cup. In the league cup. <laughs> if, we'd have, if we'd have lost these games, then I still think it would have been harsh pointing the finger at Richie. But come on, we've won these games. Richie's been yeah. a part of that. And we've won these games. And what the... Yeah, sometimes you don't believe a striker when he says it. It's, oh, it's all about the team. But the team won. So, yeah, a striker wants to score. But the team won. And that is the main objective of a game of football. Okay, let's, um, let's move on from uh, from Richie. There, there was um, a, quite a bit of um, news going around. Madison left the stadium after the game on crutches with a boot on. Um, is there, any, is there any, anything else been made of that since then? I've, I've not, I know he was having a scan today, but I don't know if anything's been put out since then. I've only, I've only seen the scan news. I haven't seen anything. Apparently, it was all precautionary. Um, and yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, it's just... We're, wait, we're waiting to see and... I've got to say, with our medical staff, like a little precautionary thing turns into he's out for the season. So I'm, I am a bit worried about that, to be totally honest. Do you not think um, Gio could come in and do a job in that position? I was quite impressed with his link up with Richarlison in preseason. Maybe that, maybe that could be something that they could try out if he's, if it's, if it is, you know, an issue at the weekend. But perhaps Gio could get a start because um, Ange did say in, um, in when he was on the with the pundits on the uh, after the after the game on Saturday, he did say that he's just looking at the players at the moment. He wants to give everybody a chance. He didn't drop Skip and Real for any other reason than he wants to give the players a run at. He wants to see who can do, you know, who's, who's up to it in the, in the way he wants to play. So but, but perhaps Gio can get, get, get his moment to kind of yeah. a bit of a, rena- a renaissance for uh, Lo Celso. Yeah, I wanted, I mean, I wanted him to, I wanted him to come on actually, uh, just to see, just to get a little cameo against United and just to keep the ball and see, because, I don't. I couldn't really tell you what he was good at before. Like at, at Villarreal, he looked like he was a really good creative midfielder. But I think something with Jose and and Conte, he just looked really leggy and couldn't hack the Premier League. Um, I, yeah, I, I they don't like creative midfielders, do they? No. Yeah. Exactly. And I think if yeah, if Madison's out, we've got to see him. And it's one of them where we have. I don't know. Was it, when does the window shut? Like. Next Wednesday, I think. Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So, we, I mean, it's not. There's not. There's one game, I guess, to see him and see if he, if there is something there that we can use to, um, to use for the season going forward. I, I'd like to see something from him. Like to be totally honest. And I, I, going back to my striker point earlier, having competition in in all of our positions should be something that we're looking to do. Hundred percent. We've got. We've got to keep. If we haven't got a a like for like replacement for Madison. We have to keep Giovanni Lo Celso because he's the only player that can operate in, in my opinion, can operate in an attacking midfielder, have that creative eye for a pass. He does it for Argentina. They were they were kind of like they were gutted when he missed the World Cup. All right, they went on to win it. They didn't miss him that much, um, but it was a whole big thing about him not being able to to make the World Cup because you know b- behind Messi and, a, and and one or two others, he's seen as part of, in the build up to the last World Cup. He, he's seen as one of their their main creators. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't done it for us. You know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up his ass. I haven't seen it. You know, he's had, he's had a couple of half decent performances for Spurs. You know, in Euro- Europa League, he got a goal against City in one of the games we beat them in the Premier League. I think he came on as a sub and, 
and scored. I can't remember what the, what game it was, but yeah, I think I think give him a shout. He looked good in pre-season. I was quite impressed with him. He scored a few goals, got a couple of assists, you know, and he was he was kind of second choice a lot of the time to um, to Madison. So yeah, hopefully there's some good news come out on the back of that injury, uh, and it is just precaution. Um, coming back to Ange, so just a quick question. Bonesy, what are you rating Angie out of ten so far? Um, mate, <sighs> mate, he's everyone's mate. Um, he I'd say at the moment, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. The only sort of dip that the reason it's not ten out of ten so far, I'd say, is for that bit of the bit of the speech that he gave when he was. Um, a point in the new captain. There's a little bit of waffle, went on a little bit, um, but apart from that, nine out of ten. I think he's you, done a great job since he's you, been in. You didn't rate that then, Bones? It just, it was, it was good, but I just think it went on a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. What about you, uh, Rav, how are you rating Ange out of 10 so far? Um, well, I've got a kind of question to fire back at you guys. As Have we ever had a manager that we've uh, taken to this quickly? Because I think, so I I missed the Yo era, basically. My first manager was Ramos. And I think, think about all the managers we've had, like Redknapp, even Poch. I don't think we, we took too straight away. And I know he's a snake now, but... Um, Rednap maybe or AV I, I AVB I took to, but I don't think the fan base did. Um, I, the way he's kind of galvanised the fans and created that atmosphere on Saturday tells me it's a ten out of ten because of where we were before. Like we were so miserable, and he's just saying he says the right things all the time. For me, he made the the correct choice with the captaincy. In my opinion, I think that was inspired to put Romero and Madison as vice captains. I thought that was a really good choice, and yeah, just. Good football, like I can't really, I can't really fault him. And yeah, I just, I think, I don't think I've taken, I've, I don't think I've seen us take to a manager in this way. Like I, I just maybe y'all was like that. I don't know. I think it comes, but we spoke about it last season, and I think it was a question that like I said. I said, would you, would you go back in time and wind the clocks back and go back to when we was at peak potch, where we was just blowing teams away every week? It was a formality. Whether we'd, whether, you know, it wasn't a question whether we'd win or not. It was a formality. We knew. I remember going to the games. I remember going to the pub and watching the games, and and, and it was just total um, calmness in in any game we played. There was a period like last season at Wire Lane, maybe the season before, a little bit of the Wembley kind of period where it was just. There's no way we're not we're not going to win this game. Even if they sit back and they sit deep, we're going to score. We're going to break them down. We'll get a goal, even if it's in the last minute. And I, I asked the question whether. You would give up this boring, fucking insipid, fucking soulless football that we were playing. Um, that we, you know, was we was told it's oh, it's definitely gonna get, it's definitely gonna get your trophies when when Mourinho was brought in. Oh, he's he's a he's a serial winner, and then Conte was brought in. Ah, oh, you know, you're guaranteed he's gonna he's it's, it's not always gonna be good to watch. And it's it's gonna be problematic at times and chaotic, but you're gonna guarantee trophies. Now, three years later, there was no trophies. And we had to watch some of the shittest football that I can I can ever remember watching. So the question was, would you would you trade trophies and shit football, you know, a, a, a league cup, 
um, and and dire football for just watching us blow teams away every week. When you was happy watching football and you you had that, you go and watch a game of football and you know the atmosphere is going to be good. The whole day is great. You know, you, you know, you, you know, you're going to meet your friends to go and watch the game, whether you're going up to the lane and watching it, or whether you're going to the pub and you meet your mates down there to watch it. Everything, everything about it was was a was a vibe, man. And I remember it. I remember just walking down the street every day, just loving sporting Spurs because it was just like I've waited my whole life for this, man. And I'm like nearly forty, and I never, I never had it. Like we we had some good periods on the red naps. Yale was beautiful. Like it was, you know, that was the first proper when we started looking like a proper good side. Yeah, and uh, you know, there was moments under Ramos. Yeah, we won a won a cup, and um, Redknapp was brilliant. You know, at times, absolutely brilliant. But Peak Potch was like it was everything, everything I wanted. Champions League consistently, um, just league, mate. When when did you ever think you'd see Spurs finish second in the league ever? Yeah. When yeah. did you ever think you'd see that? Like, it's just it was, it was fantasy stuff. You know, it was it was crazy. But would you trade it exactly that? But that moment, you know, the last season of White Lane, I'm beating at home all year. You trade you, you? I would. I would definitely for for a league yeah. cup for a league cup and insipid, sour tasting shit sandwich, fucking Conte ball. I mean, uh, yeah, with, with hindsight, definitely. I, I can't remember how I answered last last time you asked that, but I. I don't know about you guys, but on Saturday, I woke up thinking, yeah, Spurs are playing today. I'm actually excited to, to watch the game. Even though I was only watching it on TV, like at home, I was I was buzzing to to see us play football. And I, I, I can't lie, under Jose, Nuno and Conte, I just, it was too, it was too, it was just, because it, it it's almost like their systems, and I don't know if Nuno even had a system, like if you could call it that, but it was just almost like their systems weren't working either. And we were just watching shit football, like, and nervy football. Like, our players were just nervous all the time. They don't want to play that way. They don't want to yeah. play that way. They've come through all their, like, you know, their, their academies and youth development. And they've come through all that stuff. And there's not one academy in the country, I'm sure of it, that's teaching to play football that way. No, definitely not. Sit, sit and deep, release the ball yeah. for, for 85 minutes of the game and play on the counter-attack. There's no one, there's no one coaching teams to play that way for 90 minutes. No, but nowhere, nowhere in the country, probably nowhere in Europe, maybe in Italy. Sorry. They probably, they are out there, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Raph. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and yeah. And now like for me, I, I think it is two games in, we could, we could leak four goals next game, like touch wood. Hopefully we don't, but the system will, it will come unstuck at some point. It's not going to be perfect the whole time. But I am preferring that, and I'm looking forward to the games, knowing that you know we might we might win four three against uh, Bournemouth, and it's better than like drawing nil nil, and then ninetieth minute we finally get a winner in the way we were on the Conte. It's just it just wasn't fun. Like it, it just it really wasn't fun, and I can't stress how much I'm excited to watch football now. Like it's such a such a profound change. It is. I'm so excited to to watch the Bournemouth game. I've just found out that I was supposed to be working on Saturday that it, it might be cancelled. So I'm quite excited about that because now I'm definitely going to be watching it. But it was it was for it was looking for I say so now it's looking forward to seeing play again. I, I, you know we're going to go to Bournemouth. We're going to give it to them. We you know what we might not we not might win we might lose. But we're gonna we're gonna go there. And we're gonna have a go at them. And that that's exciting to me. Before it was like 
you wanted the game to come quickly because it was so shy at what you just watched. You just, you, if you've lost as well, you've you know been turned over at home to Aston Villa or some crap like that. You want you want the next game to come around as soon as possible because you're just like, well, you know, we just need to we need to get some points on the board. This can't get any worse. So this, do you know what I mean? It's a different kind of wanting to get the games to to tip up. Just on like, not to rain on the parade, but you've already done that. Don't you, <laughs> don't you think though, uh, the 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 back end of um, Conte's first season? when we qualify for the Champions League, that there was a bit of... We built up a bit of a momentum and we looked like a bit of a fucking beast. Like, it's like, we're going we're gonna to beat you. You give us a fucking sniff and we're going to punish you. And we did. And I think we rolled over fucking Leeds, Norwich to secure Champions League. When we beat Arsenal at the lane... I was, I was, I, I backed Conte all the way, and I don't think he was given the tools, his tools to do his job by Daniel Levy. Um, you're right. The last season, it was dog shit. It was like, I think Conte looked like he'd lost a bit of faith and he wanted out. And I think the players had had enough of it. Um, but there were, for a brief moment, the back end of Conte's first season, there, for me, there was a belief that we this is a different Tottenham. We're going to be, we're going to be ugly. We're going to be like nasty. We're going to be physical, and we're going to punish her. Do you know what I mean? Like by hook or by crook, we're going to punish her. And you, you might be attacking our goal, and then all of a sudden, five passes, and we've got the ball in the back of your net. And we've done that. Um, so yeah, just to rain on the parade, but yeah. When Conor was there, I, I backed him. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to support him, and you know, see him getting backed by by Levy and and, and bring the players he wanted him. But you know, Richarlison was a Conte signing apparently. It was Conte that wanted him, um, and you know that that is backed in my opinion. If you know, if he's wanted him, and we've gone out and played sixty odd million for him, I think that is um, showing a bit of back into the manager. But yeah, he wanted he wanted Bastoni, and there was a couple of other players he wanted. That he didn't get, <laughs> get centre off. No, he didn't. He, he, um, just want to move on from uh, that talk quickly. We've only got a, a few minutes. Well, I say we've got a little bit of time left, but I just there's a couple of things I want to just quickly talk about before we wrap up. The Jan Vertonghen retweet was quite funny. What did you make of that, Rav? Uh, just for context, yeah. um, there was a tweet parring Chelsea for losing to 10-man West Ham uh, last night, and Jan Vertonghen tweeted it, retweeted it, um, just saying Pochettino, yeah, losing to West Ham, blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you make of that? Is it just a bit of banter, or do you think there's a bit more in that? Because there, apparently there is. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, we, we did talk about it a little bit, and I think there is, there's a pointed like, like he, um, Jan probably, I mean, I, 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 I sort of look back at that time, and I just think the whole squad was disillusioned by by the end of, of that snake. And uh, I think, yeah, I reckon the whole... I reckon the whole team, like, because I remember Toby sort of saying he had a bit of beef with him as well, and he did admit eventually that, like, Pochettino said, "You're finished, like, go away," and he Just was like actually that. right. Yeah, pretty so, much. Yeah. Uh, the sto- as yeah. the story goes, allegedly um, there was um, a falling out between some of the playing staff and the coaching staff when. Harry Kane came back from injury in the mid part of the season, um, the season leading up to the Champions League final, in the mi- middle part of the season where we were still in a title race. We were still three or four points within the top of the table uh, with City and Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken. 
and um, Harry Kane had been injured quite a bit that season. I think he picked up two ankle injuries that season, and that he was out for a couple of months, and then a couple of months again a little bit later on. And in his absence, the team um, managed, uh, you know, adequately. I think Son, Mora, um, I don't know who else was playing in, in that time. It might have been it would have been Lorente, yeah, Deli Ali mm-hmm. were all handling, you know, the, distributing the goals between themselves quite well. And we were playing well, more importantly, we were playing really well. Um, and it was against Burnley away. It was Harry's first game back from injury and he was put back in the team and we played very, very poorly considering how well we, we had been playing and we ended up losing the game. And we kind of, from being two or three points within touching distance of the top of the table, I think we pretty much nosedive from that point onwards and end up... I think we ended up finishing outside the top four. Is that... I, is think, that... We, I think we got fourth on the last day. Yeah. Like, was it? All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then the, the second instance was when Mora was dropped for the Champions League final. There was a bit of a... A bit of a shitstorm brewed up there, but apparently, apparently that's 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 the thing that happened. And Jan Vertonghen and Pochettino fell out, and that was that's that uh, allegedly. I don't know how much truth there is in that. Maybe someone will come out and clarify it. Um, just thought it was funny. I just thought it was funny that Jan came out and called him out. Um, but does is you know the, the interesting thing about this? Well, we have to do it wrap it up quickly. Is is that you know is it only now that we're realising that Pochettino is just a massive shitbag? <laughs> you know, we've seen we've seen him go to Chelsea, and then this you know you hear these stories going around. Bonesy's shaking his head. You don't want to hear it. I'm going to come to you, Bonesy. No. Yeah, I want to hear. No. I want to hear Bonesy's take. Is is Poch not a shitbag? Just a massive shit ass? Didn't you take any pleasure in him losing yesterday to West Ham? No, um, no, absolutely not. He's he's not a shitbag. I don't believe he is a snake. Daniel Levy had plenty of opportunity to give him a call and say, do you know what I mean? Will you work with out? Do you fancy money another go? He didn't get the call. What's he meant to do? Um, no, I I still love Poch, despite him going to Chelsea. Um, and I still hope that the fans give him the reception he deserves when we play Chelsea at the lane. That's my feelings on it. I would say that I don't love Poch. I... I look kindly upon the time that we spent together, like yeah, a, like I... a, like an ex like an ex girlfriend. You know, I've moved on, you've moved on. I'm going to remember the good times. There were no, there weren't really any shit times under him. You just said five minutes ago how great it was under like supporting Tottenham when he was our manager. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I don't love him. You said you love him. I'm not. I'm, I just don't love him. I can't. I can't love a Chelsea manager. You're not. You're not loving Chelsea. You're. you're it's him. Like and what he done for us as a club. Do you know what I mean? Like I you said, who, who would have thought that we'd have been playing? What was it? Four or five straight seasons in the Champions League, finishing second and third in the league. Do you know what I mean? He's. He's he, for me. He's still a hero. He's still a hero at Tottenham. <laughs> Go on, Rev. Go on. I can't. I'm, I'm with you, Mark. Man, I, 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 it's just, it's just seeing him in that dugout. Like, um, like there, there are little parts of me. I'm, I guess I'm in the middle because there are little parts of me that's like, oh, actually, does he really, does he really want to do well there? He, um, he changed the, uh, the dugout at, at Chelsea, so he, he's, he's now made the home dugout the away dugout, 
And part of me was like, is that because he can't bring himself to be in the the home dugout at Chelsea? Like, are there, are there little things? But yeah, I can't, I can't say I love him anymore, man. It, it's just seeing him like do press conferences for them, and yeah, it, it's too. I, I'm not gonna, I would never boo him, but yeah, I, I think look fondly at the time we had and just move on. Yeah. I thought I thought I was with uh, you, Bones, until I saw him celebrate the goal against Liverpool, and I was like, no, I don't, I don't like that. Don't like that. Doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> it's just just changed everything. Um, it's good. It's not. It's not for us all to agree and on shit. It's good to have different opinions and and see and see where it takes us. We are very close to the end. I just want to kind of ask some quick fire questions. I don't want to dive into it. I just want to fucking know what your predictions are and 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 the other one. Yeah, and how you feel about. This other question I'm going to ask. It's going to be that's going to be the last question I think. I'm going to come to Bournemouth quickly. So we've got Bournemouth the weekend. Score predictions, Rev. What do you reckon? Uh, two 0 Spurs. Fucking a. Bunzi, what do you reckon? Two or three one. To Spurs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with two one. I think uh, we I think we'll concede. I think we we can't keep. Conceded chances, as Bungie said earlier, without without giving some goals away at some point. But yeah, I think I think we'll win. I think we'll create enough. I think we just have a bit too much from. Who's their manager at the moment? That uh, I, the Spanish guy, I can't uh, Indo Indonai or something like that. This is uh, another question that I wanted, I wanted to kind of end on. This is um, just a quick fire question. I don't, I don't need any, any kind of change. Uh, any any kind of real feelings on it. So Deli Ali was at the game. On Saturday, sitting with his mate Eric Dyer, um, would you take Deli Ali for free and let Ange have a crack at him, Rev? Yeah, I would. Ramsey? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I would as well. How about that? I would. I was thinking to myself, if we could get him for nothing, would you let Big Ange take a crack at him? And I fucking would. I absolutely that'd would. Be, that'd be a fairy tale, wouldn't it? That'd be a fairy tale. That would be like, comeback. Yeah. That'd be Rocky esque. And you know what? If it imagine it, imagine that happened, and it is fantasy. But imagine it happened, and it came off, and he found his his way back to where he was before. That would be absolutely beautiful. On that note, I'll uh, wrap it up. Thanks, guys, for uh, for your time as always. Cheers, mate. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are on Twitter at Coison Hood. So again, if this is the first time you've joined us, cheers! If you've stuck around till the end and listened to our pish and dribble, again, if you're if you're a reoccurring listener, thanks for the support. It means a lot, as you know, we don't do this for anything other than the joy it brings us to talk about Spurs, and also the misery that coincides with supporting Spurs. So yeah, I guess that is the end of the episode, and we'll call it there, guys. Come on, you Spurs! Fucking a.
London is ours.